You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Welcome back for another episode of Alcoholics Live. Well, Shank, we threw the, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, challenge out to the audience that actually came from Debbie about replacing the uh, slogan, it works if you work it. We had, a, uh, to quote the book, we had an overwhelming, uh, some personal appeals came in. <laughs> actually, it was, actually it, was not, it was not overwhelming, but we did have eight suggestions come in. We had one that came in that said, faith without works is dead. They probably took that directly from the book. I like that one. We had one come in on uh, Twitter. So for those of you that don't know, we are uh, we have a Twitter account. The and Twitter. I, I, was su- I was surprised to see one come in on the Twitter. Now, my, my sponsor calls it Twilight. He says, I'm on the Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Meaning he's not on any of it. Uh-huh. Um, stick around. It beats what you had. Hmm. Yeah, that's one. And then we had one that says, do what needs doing. I don't know about that one. Um, we had a couple of X-rated ones come in that Shank has censored and is not allowed to be uh, broadcasted on the, <laughs> on the airways here. So uh, if you would like to hear them, you can email. <laughs> that's right. Freedom send them, and via email. send them via email. So anyway, if you got any suggestions on replacing it works, if you work it, send them to us at freedom at alcoholicslive.com or you can send them to us on the gram on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, all <laughs> kinds of places, smoke signals. We accept smoke signals. So all that works. Anyway, uh, it's good to be here today. we got a great, uh episode for you our uh guest comes from a long ways <laughs> yep S- steph with an f <laughs> stephanie what's happening what's up this is it right here no, I'm we're, just we're trying alive to, and free just trying to be free with you two with you two cool cats yeah. we're free we are free it's good to be free isn't it steph it is good to be free. Yeah, I love Tesla. freedom. Yeah. Freedom is good. Being alive is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I was taught to uh, always check in on my sobriety date first and foremost. So that's July 8th, 2011. I have a sponsor. Got a home group. And I can say that I came into Alcoholics Anonymous on the end of a a, a real, true intervention with circled up chairs and parents and the Uh pastor of the church. Whoa. Everybody was uh, ready to send me to AA. That wasn't on the TV show intervention, was it? No, but it could have been. (laughs) (laughs) It could have been. Yes. Yep, and they they told me that they wanted me to go to AA. 
that was that was the the main purpose of the intervention was to get me to the AA, and I did not feel that that was the right move for me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that night, I found all the liquor they hid after the intervention, which was in the shed. Nice. And I'll tell you, it was the first place I looked. Number one. <laughs> Went right and to I it. And I got, huh? You went right to it. Right, like right to it. That's how we are. I mean, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. It's either going to be in the shed or the tr- or the trunk of their car. So I got so drunk in that shed that night, and I can remember thinking, why have I not hung out and partied in the shed before? <laughs> it had a beach chair right there, a push light. It was nice. Um, the freedom from that after the intervention, the freedom was, was, I really needed that freedom. And my mom woke me up there in the morning and then that there went the freedom yet again. So that I went to my first AA meeting that evening with my, with my sweet mom. She, she went with me. And that was in 2003. So if you do the math, that's about a, an eight year what happened, I guess you could call it, and a coming to terms with what I have, you know. Took me eight years of doing pretty intense battle to really um, surrender. So you were a big part of that. You may recall some of our some of our conversations surrounding this. <laughs> I do recall. Dwayne. Yep. But it happened, and here we are. Okay. That's my five-minute so version. You that's know. your five-minute version. Well, we're glad that's you're it. here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Shank, what's our topic today? Today, today, our topic is steps eight and nine. So step eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And step nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. You're supposed to do steps eight and nine? It works if you work it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we just brought it back. It's not not scrapped anymore. We're using it. It works if you work it. It came right in the mix. It it sure did. Steph, you want to share some experience on eight and nine? I'd love to, Shawane. Um, so I came into Alcoholics Anonymous this time. I say this time because it was not my first time getting sober. So in my attempt to beat the game alone, I left Alcoholics Anonymous in a fit of fury. I was angry at the people in AA. I blamed them for my pain. Mm. And for things not going the way I wanted, specifically a wedding that had been canceled, not at my, not at my urging. Uh, So I was just, I left, you know, I left more resentful than, than I came in, you know, the four years prior or Mm -hmm. whatever it was. So when I got sober, I had to come to terms with everything I unraveled, you know, and that included having to take a look at making amends to people I had already made amends to before. Hmm. And that is not an easy task. 
because you're confronted with people that have seen this dance, you know, it has, it holds almost no water. So you have to, you have to work a lot, a lot harder than you did the first time to get people to accept your amends. Um, mm -hmm. That was my experience, but I did get busy right away. And so I had my list pretty quickly. You know, everybody has a different experience of the timeline, but mine was, you know, I started, I had my list quickly. I had, you know, done a fourth and a fifth step weeks, weeks back. My sponsor said I was in triage. I liked that. She would always appeal to my ego and got me to work quick. And, um, and I did. So I started to, you know, the easier ones were some people in AA that I had harmed. You know, I had been high with some people. One woman was just outraged at, at, you know, I have nothing but respect for our primary purpose, but I did do quite a bit of drugs in conjunction with my drinking. And I have found that um, if you've even read Dr. Bob's Nightmare, I'm not the only one to mix in <laughs> sedatives with my booze. <laughs> so I like that. I like that. But anyway, some people were just outraged that I would like drive them around on pills. So I had to clean that stuff up. And, you know, those those amends were difficult. I mean, a couple of people didn't want to talk to me in AA, which I didn't count on. I figured, you know, you kind of you kind of make some assumptions that people people that are doing what we do will do you that solid, but not everybody did for me. I mean, they were yeah. quite angry. Um, but I took care of them. I had to make a couple of approaches, but eventually I did get those those done. But for me, my family, those amends were um they were massive. They were massive. I mean, when I when I went out drinking, I in a blackout, I threatened to kill my sister-in-law. I didn't remember that. She had to tell me that when I made an mm. approach to make the amends. And she said, Stephanie, it's not every day someone lunges at you and says, I ought to kill your ass. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, so that, you know, my brother and I got into a huge fight that night. That very same night, he beat me up bloody. He was, at the time, he was 44 and I was 39. So that's not kids. That's not kids fighting. That's terrifying. My mom was there. My niece was there. So there was just a lot of damage, a lot of damage. And, um, but I had to get willing to, to make those amends. And I, and for me, with my sister-in-law specifically, and actually only with my sister-in-law, there was so much resentment. And I really felt that she had harmed me way more than I had harmed her. And that was very difficult to, you know, get to shrink that so that I could stay willing and have that that condition that I'm supposed to have, which is a forgiving spirit and a spirit of wanting to be helpful. It took it took a lot of work to get there. But I followed a lot of directions in the meantime. You know, I don't know if I'm making sense, but they did not want anything to do with my amends. They sent me a letter that said it was their job to protect their niece and that I was a danger and that they just would thank you very much, but appreciate it if I would stay out of their lives. Mm. So that was pretty, actually, pretty hard. They actually, sent you, they actually sent you a letter saying that? They sent me an email. I'm sorry. An email. email. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's... Mm. 
It's pretty yeah. serious. Pretty serious. So I had to live with that, you know, and I had to, you know, at that time I was attending a meeting called Promises, Promises. Um, the topic is the promises, the ninth step promises. And I would have to sit there and listen to people. This is what this was my, you know, perspective on it. Listen to people share about their amends with their family that, you know, all they did was the dishes and everybody loved them more than ever, you know, and sweet relations were restored and. Yeah, that was not my experience. And so I ended up quitting going to that meeting in an act of saving my own spirit. I said, I can't take this. <laughs> but, you know, like we were talking about before we started recording that I, for me, I had to follow a tough direction, you know, in the face of that. My sponsor told me to send them a letter. My brother and my sister-in-law it was very clear that my sister-in-law was the keeper of the what was going to go down. You know, it was really up to her. Mm-hmm. And my sponsor said, I want you to send a letter once a month, letting them know how you're doing. And I did not agree with that. I said, that is, let me tell you what's going to happen. They are going to say that I am stalking them and that it's, you know, some kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like, yeah, like, just like stalking. But I did it. I did it anyway. And it was uncomfortable. I never got a response couple years went by and one day I got a letter an actual letter handwritten letter from my sister-in-law and in the letter she let me know how things were going with them she updated me on her and my brother and just some basic stuff so that was a beginning to the approach that eventually I would get to make so To all of them, including my niece. So they and eventually one, let you make make the amends, huh? They did. They yeah. did. And I got a lot of help. I was terrified, especially to, you know, face my sister-in-law. Um, eventually, the relationships got healed enough that my brother, I went to lunch with my brother when he was visiting my mom. It looked like it, I should make my attempt there. So I tried and he said, hey. I don't want to hear it. And I was like, okay. So it, you know, blocked again. So it was definitely a long, arduous process, but eventually I did get to do it. And one of the things that helped me a lot, so I wanted to make sure I checked in on, I even made a little note. I know, y'all, y'all make notes. So I yeah, know that's okay. Yeah. I, I, there was a speaker that I love named Ralph White. And I actually got to talk to him before I was doing any of this and we had a long conversation and he told me to that when I'm talking to them, when I get the chance that I should just speak naturally to my brother, like how we talk, yeah. you know, he was like, don't hit him with what it says exactly the script is in our literature because it's just going to make him mad. So, you know, and that was really important to do is just kind of talk to Michael, how Michael and I talk to each other, Michael being my brother. Yep. So that helped a lot, that conversation. Yeah, that's that's good advice there because a lot of times the that AA jargon, I mean, people don't understand it and folks that do kind of know it, that it does just kind of sound like disingenuous sometimes, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just talk to people normal. Mm-hmm. Talk to them from the heart. Yeah. 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 
Were you on your amends list? My, no, <laughs> you threw me off there. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little curveball for you there. I mean, you, we're getting all spiritual and emotional. Let's, let's lighten uh, it up a touch. Yeah, let's lighten it up. Let's definitely lighten it up. But I mean, that's this. But here's the good news. We're, were you Years on your later, list? I, made, I did make those amends. I made face-to-face -face amends to even my niece, who I didn't see for six years, you know? And I got in the relationships are restored. And now now it's I gotta battle my selfishness keeping up with my sister-in-law and having to talk to her. And she wants to be in my life. And sometimes I'm like, oh Lord, I'm not a phone chatter. I don't let you know, she'll send me text. <laughs> yeah. Text it'll just say chat question mark. <laughs> So that's a long way from getting an email that says stay away, right? So it sounds like you're saying that you were not on your amends list. No, that's right. I was not on my amends list. I didn't know that was a thing. So that, that must be. Okay. That must be a North Kakalaki thing. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't no. think so. That's a. That's a, I don't know what that's more of that psycho babble that comes into the fellowship. Yeah, yes, that's that's probably it, right. Yeah, it probably exists everywhere. Like the self, this what is it? Um, it's self help stuff, self care. That's self care. That's, mm -hmm. Oh, yes, self care. I love that self care. Well, Jerry, let me ask you this. Um, yeah. It talks about in here that we already have our list. Like we made it when we took inventory. So did you just like copy paste um, from your inventory for your step eight list? Yes. So when, um, when I took, when I wrote the fourth step out and did the fifth step, then on the fourth step, I essentially had my eight step list. I, so when I took the steps the first time that, yeah, I mean, that kind of became my, my eight step list. Now I can tell you this, that there were other things that came to me after I, you know, stayed sober for a little while mm -hmm. of, of things that I, that I'd done or maybe people that I had harmed that were not necessarily on the fourth step that I added to. Um, so I, I mean, I eventually just made, I, I eventually took it off of the four step, put it on just one sheet of paper, kind of all the, 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 the folks and institutions that I owed amends to and went through with my sponsor. Um, and then just added stuff to it after, you know, after it would come to me. So. So there wasn't any... anyone on your fourth step list that you were just like deeply opposed to putting on your eight step list. Not, not for me. No. Okay. I no, was. Not, yeah, I know uh, most people that they are, uh, but yeah, it didn't happen to me. Now I will say this: there were a few on there. It took me years to actually go talk to them. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I actually don't like having to say that because it, it hurts me ego a little bit because I, mm -hmm. I want people to think I'm a step <laughs> step guru. But uh, yeah, there were several that it, it was years before I actually went and talked to them, mostly because. On two of them, they didn't really know what that it was me. Yeah. Are you like, yeah. is this a justification? That's a justification. Why you, yes. you, yeah. This That's is why for Wayne it was okay that he no didn't, doubt. you know. I didn't I didn't say it was okay, but that's how I justified it. Was that well yeah. they don't know, you know, and mm -hmm. yeah. Thirteen years on one of them. 
Wow. Getting and ready. I told, and then when I told him, he actually knew. He's like, yeah, I figured it was you. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh, my goodness. And why didn't I just do it? Oh, it would have been so much easier. Well, so that kind of sounds like, you know, for the ninth step, it says when it would injure them or others that I had, it had to be explained to me that I am not them or others. Like if something is going to harm my ego or, you know, if I'm just not doing something because of how I'm going to feel about it, that's not a justification. Yeah. I'll tell you a story that I haven't thought about this in years until Steph mentioned the meeting that she went to. So I spoke at that promises, promises one time years. It was a long time ago. And I don't know, it was nothing, but it was just talking on the ninth step. Well, several years later, I was at an international convention. I think it may have been San Antonio. And I'm standing, I'm down on the stadium floor, uh, down the, on that level floor. They're waiting for the speaker meeting to start on a Friday or Saturday night. And this guy walks up to me and he says, are you Jerry? And I was like, yeah. And uh, he says, well, I know you don't know me, but I heard you give a talk one time in Maryland on nothing but the ninth step at this meeting called Promises, Promises. I was like, yeah, I said, I, that was probably me. And he said that it, changed his life he left that i'm i'm not saying i did that i'm just telling you what the guy told me we hear what you're saying he he said that he left that meeting that night and changed sponsors because of a few things that i had said about how we let people off the hook on making amends and his sponsor at the time told him that he was an other and that there were several amends that he didn't need to make because it was going to harm him. And after he, he said, after he heard me kind of say the opposite, he switched sponsors that night and made amends like it, within the next couple of weeks, a couple of really difficult amends that he'd been putting off. He says his life changed, been sober ever since. So it's kind of to the point that, yeah, we're not another. I thought that too. Mm-hmm. But I also not. got a lot of, um, I don't know, it felt like judgment. People, because I made a, I was making amends very soon after when I got sober yeah. and people would tell me that their sponsor said that they have to change, be changed first before they can make amends. They have to be different. And um, I just would be like, well, my sponsor says I'm never going to be different if I don't make these amends. That's so exactly right. That was um, what I would say. Yeah. So it's interesting because for me, like, when I first started doing the steps, I got to maybe four and five, and then I went to prison. And before, you know, I was going to be incarcerated, I had a group of women around me. One of them was my sponsor, but there were a couple of old timers also. And from the very beginning, I was told like, hey, you know, you moved here and you weren't paying rent. You're staying with family. Like, oh, that's what family does. But when you go to prison, like, a, you're eventually going to have to pay your family back, but B, you're not going to be asking your family for money. So you need to figure it out. If you're going to need money while you're in there, then, you know, part of living an amended life is that you're not going to borrow money, that you're not going to pay back after you've put them through so much. 
And I just thought that was like a little much. I couldn't imagine what I was going to need money for in prison. Um, but you know, that always sticks with me because it is, it was kind of like that first step I'd ruined, uh, my relationships with so many people through committing the crimes that I did. Um, it was just a step to say like, Hey, no, I have this money inside. I've taken care of all of my affairs before I'm going. Um, which I, it was kind of like after the fact that I really saw what that meant you know, because mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to have to do steps eight and nine when I was incarcerated. I really believed that, you know, like, what am I going to do? I've heard everyone else say that you have to go to the person and have a sit down talk with them. And I just knew that I probably wasn't going to be able to do that. So, um, you know, fortunately for me, I had women writing me AA members, my sponsor, who were like, you know, they kept quoting parts in the book of like, you know, you said you were willing to go to any links. And if you're not, then, you know, there's someone else I can help. And I just thought that that was so, I mean, that was crazy to me. I'm like, I'm locked up. You know, all you have to do is write a letter. Like, what is wrong with you? Come on. You can't help me. So hardcore um, around here. Yeah. yeah, it was just, you know, and then I couldn't imagine like, well, what are they going to ask me to do? And I did write letters and I had a big problem writing letters that were going to be stamped from the prison, you know, and it was just told to me like, Susie, you were on the news. Like people know where you are, <laughs> you know, like yeah. get over it. Um, but it was something that was kind of, you know, there were people that so I did, did you not do it? want to did make you write letters from the jail and let yourself have that return address. I did. You know, I had to. I really wanted and needed help and thank god that the women that were helping me and sponsoring me you know were just like hey this is the way it's done and if you're not willing to do that you're not willing to go to any links to stay sober then there are other people that we can be helping and i think today people see that as absolutely crazy um mm -hmm. you know that you're just leaving people out to dry and um, but my experience was that i was willing to go to any links and if they told me that's what i had to do you know, I mean, I would run my mouth, but I would do it. Me too. I would run my mouth, but do it. That's exactly how I was. Yeah. And and when I would exhibit the willingness, it was like it, it, everybody just would, would help me in droves, you know? It was like all was forgiven almost for all the arguing once I would demonstrate the willingness to do these tough things. A lot of a lot of patient people around me that's for sure yeah so yeah. so the um we hear a lot in the in meetings about living amends i don't know what y'all's thought is on that but i mean i've, I've not actually read that in, in any of the literature about making a living amends I, I read in there where it says direct amends so any any uh any thoughts on that? Do we make living amends? I mean, my thought, so, my thought on it is we make direct amends. And then after that, like kind of like what I was talking about, we just, we have to keep demonstrating that we act differently, that we are different, you know, and that's, that's the whole point, you know, is that, and I guess some people would call, that's what they're calling living amends, but I have to keep my promises. I have to, show up when I say I'm going to show up and 
And that's the um, that's the demonstration that just kind of keeps going. Right. I got because I can do harm again if I, you know, have this amends with my sister in law work out where she listened to me and and everything. And then if years down the road I start snubbing her, or I don't feel like participating when in whatever. I mean, there's continued work that I have to do to to keep that uh, amends whole. You know. Mm-hmm. I guess some people would call that living amends. I don't know. Or, you know what they say where I'm from? that You make living amends instead of direct amends by just going to dinner, let's say, with your dad once a week. I'm making a living amends. You know? That's yeah. definitely uh, a big one around here. Yeah. So it's kind of a point of contention, actually. Because a so lot of people be... call, call bullshit on that. We want special credit for just doing what we should have been doing all along. Exactly. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. The thing you mentioned earlier about people think you got to change before you make amends. It, I mean, that it's the exact, that's how we I don't change, know where they right? got that. I don't, don't know where they ch- got that. If that were the case, then I should have been allowed to change before going to prison because, you know, right. prison was part exactly. of a men's process for me. Yeah. You know, I've never really understood. Yeah. Me Shank, I, I realized, Shank, that you you owe me rent money because while you were incarcerated, I was paying my state tax <laughs> in the state in the in the state that you were locked up in. So well, technically, I I paid for your room and board and for the take that up clothes. with your sponsor. <laughs> yeah, you know, was, the, the living amends for me is something that's very difficult because I did have some family members that were like, just keep doing what you're doing, you know? Um, and it was told to me that like, that was not enough, you know, like I needed to go to these people and pay them back. And if they didn't want the money, then I needed to give it to them anyway. It's not Mm -hmm. just like, Oh, I don't want this rent money that you owe me from living here for six months and not paying rent and drinking all the time. It was, I got that money together over a period of time and just presented it to my family that I had lived with and said, Hey, this is yours to do with what you see fit, but this is mm-hmm. the money that I owe you with interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't that I just say, Oh, well, they don't want the money. So I'm off scot free and I can just cook dinner once a week or whatever. Like that was mm-hmm. just not how I was raised in Alcoholics Anonymous. And my yeah. sponsor had me from people I stole from. Like Baskin Robbins, I was senior scooper there at one point in my life, many years ago. <laughs> and I, they always said I just stole from them, but specifically just right out of the cash <laughs> register. On, on it, they used to have two quarts for five dollars. Maybe you remember that, Jerry? I don't know. Yeah, and I would just take the fives and put them in, and not ring up the two quarts, and I would keep track of how many. So I did that for years. Love so it. my sponsor, had, when I made amends to them, I had to give them an envelope of money that we deemed was, but I told them, please don't open this until you get home so that they couldn't, you know, reject it. Yeah. There's lots of ways to make amends. Hey, I made an amends to a guy one time that I had stolen some stuff from him, or so I thought, and I call him up and I meet with him and I explain to him what I've done. And he's like, (laughs) 
He's like, Jerry, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, but that was not me. And he, <laughs> uh, I must have been way off. And he, he was, he is still adamant that I did not do what I thought I did. So that just tells you how delusional I am. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Maybe he's wrong. But he might be wrong. Yep. So I don't know what I did with the money. He wouldn't take it. He was pretty adamant about it. So I, I did something with it, but. Buy a gift it, certificate, buy a it, gift card and cut it up. My favorite. Did you ever have to do that? I've never done that one. Why would well, you do that? Give it to somebody. I had all these shoplifting amends and that's how I was told to pay some of them back. Like I had to do it for anthropology. You know that store? Yeah. Um, I love that store. Cause yeah, because there was like people. Th- there's no way to take money. They're just like we don't have. Yeah. So I would have to buy gift cards and cut them up. Painful. I got you. Yeah. Well, I guess they got their money back without having to give up additional merchandise that way, huh? That, yeah, that works. Okay. Did you? Uh, so you went right into amends right after. You didn't didn't wait. Right in. Yeah. I mean, the, some of the amends I'm talking about, like the gift cards and Baskin Robbins, those were in my. Sure. Whatever. First sobriety because. Yeah. And I did not have to redo those. The stuff that was very, very. And that, you know, that was painful because it was money. But the stuff that was excruciating was the stuff I was talking about with my family and some AA members, you know, and I have an amends I haven't made that you gave me direction on that still looms over my head. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So I do know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It seems that uh, we talked a little bit about this last week about the seventh step and it, talking about, you know, you humbly ask God to help. It, it seems to me that going out and actually making a direct amends is one of the most humbling experiences we get to to have it's really it's it's really good evidence that the first seven steps are alive in your life if you're if you're willing to go out and and try to make a direct amends to somebody because uh, you know selfish and self-centered and as egotistical as most of us are having to go back and say that we were wrong and here's what we did what can we do to to make it right is pretty it's pretty humbling well, and it's I such incredible think, evidence that we're changing. Yeah. Yeah. To even go do it. Like, that's obviously we're moving into what God wants us to be if we're taking action like that, you know? Yep. I will say it was vitally important for me to do this with a sponsor and not try to come up with kind of what I should or shouldn't be doing because I had an experience while I was incarcerated where, you know, I had met with the people that I committed these crimes against um, when I was being sentenced and I was able to talk to them kind of one-on-one and anyway, while I was incarcerated, you know, they wanted to come and visit me and I, there was um, something in place to where I could never have contact with them ever in my life, but because it was them who wanted to come and see me, I really felt like I had to do that. Like I felt indebted to these people um, in a way. Sure. And it was explained to me that, you know, you only get so many people that are allowed to come visit. Those probably should be your family members. And, you know, you, you don't have to bow down to everything 
after you've made amends to someone, because there may be a lot of things that are asked of you, you know, and this doesn't mean that you forever have to bow before them and say, well, Mm -hmm. yes, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Like you have to be comfortable. in the fact that you made amends and you're living your life a different way, because I really struggled with that. And I felt like I was doing something wrong by not allowing these people, you know, to come evangelize or whatever the case may have been to me in prison. So it was really important because I would have just been like, yep, family can't come. Obviously these people need to come and I should have a relationship with them forever. Um, Hmm. You know, things certainly changed after I got out of prison, but you know, I did feel like that was something that of course, like I have to do that. And a sponsor explained to me, like, you know, that does not mean that you're indebted to people forever, Susie. And I needed that. That's an important thing you brought up. Actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was so helpful for me too, is that, and both Ralph White, that was something Ralph White talked about a lot with me and my sponsor is that what you were saying, and I, I don't, I don't even know if it's in the ninth step in the big book, but you guys will probably know where it talks about as God's people, we don't, we don't, what is it like bow down before anyone or something like that. And that I don't have to crawl before anyone. We don't Mm -hmm. crawl. And that I don't, that I should not be scraping and servile when I do this, because I was someone that would beg people for forgiveness, like a real, just, I mean, I was a beggar. And I remember this man once told me not, he goes, don't, I had just gone through a breakup and I was devastated this was the wedding guy. And he said, Stephanie, don't write that chapter for the big book. And I was like, excuse me. And he's like, don't write into begging. (laughs) Because I would beg people to forgive me and take me back. And, you know, it was important that I make a different demonstration than that. And very important for how I was just such a beggar, such a, you know, yeah. Nobody likes a beggar. No. <laughs> it it kind of goes back to what Ralph had told you earlier that when we when we do it, we should just be very matter of fact, try mm-hmm. to talk normal, don't be overly apologetic or overly overly remorseful. Make the demonstration, get right to the point and, you know, honestly ask what can we do. Yeah, I mean, being uh I can get like that myself, want to be overly apologetic. Mm-hmm. I am Just not it. that way. <laughs> no, you're not, Shane. Lucky. I'm not either. That's anymore. A gift. I used to be. It is a gift. That's a gift. It is a gift. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle is probably the you're answer. Probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what about the uh, the book says we'll be amazed before we're halfway through in uh, making the uh, the amends, and then it talks about the. It's got a a set of promises. Have those promises come true? Is that to me or just to anyone? It's to to all three of us. I mean, for me, yes, they have come true. However, it's, it's fluid, you know? I mean, there are times when I still have fear of people. There are times when the past 
I regret, I will feel some, some, an uptick of regret perhaps. Um, and it just, what it, yeah. that's always meant for me is there's just something to look at. There's something I need to do. Um, it, it, it yeah, that's what I would say, but yes, I mean, by and large, yes, I, I have not found that, especially some of them like fear of people and economic insecurity has come back for me time and time again. <laughs> You know, I love, yeah. love cash, love it. And I like to spend it. And so sometimes <laughs> when I'm spending too much, that old threadbare fear of economic insecurity comes, comes for me pretty good, but yeah. I just got to do stuff. Uh, yeah. But definitely the answer is m- mostly yes. Yeah. The thing about the, the, the promises in the book, <clears throat> the ninth step promises, I should say, get, get annihilated by some big book guru on Instagram by not saying that, (laughs) saying that right. Um, It's like a lot of the rest of the book, or even sometimes when you hear people talking in AA, it seems very like lofty and mystical and uh, absolute, I guess would be the right way to put it. And so a lot of times when we read that people will, if it's not, 100% 100% accurate. They're like, Oh, well, no, this has never happened or they're not coming true. And so for me, I mean, they have, they have come true. They're, they're, I don't feel all that all the time, mm-hmm. everything that it says in there, but, but in general, though, all those promises have come true and, you know, fear of economic insecurity and people has left and then it came back mm-hmm. and, then, and then it left again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in general, by, you know, by taking those first nine steps and trying to get right with the world and people and with God, I mean, that's where the freedom comes, right? That's, this is where the, the, the obsession to leave, the obsession to drink leaves. And, and the freedom, the freedom that comes over time for me was, that was, that has been and is today, you know, still growing, I, I know the freedom to to not be afraid if someone doesn't like me or to not, you know, to have to just be myself. I mean, it sounds so trite, but that's a big freedom for somebody like me that is hardwired to like for approval. I mean, I I am someone that wants adoration, like, like, like a lot of it, you know, that I don't Mm -hmm. deserve and to, to just, get right size, but still think that I am valuable to, or to learn that I'm valuable. Just myself was a huge, huge freedom. I mean, I, I would say that's been the biggest cause I'm someone that was the, uh, like the very beat yourself up. I suck type. And I really needed to learn that I did not suck as bad as I thought I did, you know? Shake, have those have those promises materialized for you? They have, uh, have but they? I'll tell you, you know, for me, it's more about Alcoholics Anonymous has taught me more about my attitude and my outlook about my life, and that these things have probably always been true in my life to some degree or another. I my you know, ego, whatever you want to call it. My character defects were just so blown out of proportion that nothing was ever going to be good enough or everything was going to be worse than I thought. 
So today, you know, my attitude and my outlook about life, you know, yes, these have materialized. Uh, It also kind of, for me, brings me back to discipline. Like I have learned to allow God to discipline me. And it's not, you know, it's not like, oh, go sit in the corner for two hours or write sentences or whatever. It's just, if I'm feeling that economic insecurity, it's probably because I could be saving more money. I'm probably frivolously spending. So I could, I could be saving or, you know, if I have fear that people don't like me or whatever the situation may be, it's usually because I could be doing something that I'm not, you know, so I can always take that look Mm -hmm. at myself. Like, well, what could I be doing differently? You know, could I try to be more approachable or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. It's, it's my experience. This is the, that like whatever I'm doing that's messed up and, and, causing me pain in Alcoholics Anonymous over the years, which is a lot, especially surrounding shopping, I would say. And I mean, that's a big one for me. As soon as I start taking principled actions, I start to feel more free again. Like the, the second I commit to that yes. and don't buy something I want to buy, just one time I start to feel some freedom coming back surrounding that. Yeah. So it sounds like, what Shank just said that we could take the the that the wording of the prompt the ninth step promises into a, a tenth and eleventh step to see how what we need to be changing. Wow. We need to we need to write a new workbook on this. <laughs> huh? Yeah, just do away with the literature, write a workbook on this. A so handout. Just make a, a handout. handout. Do a handout and uh, it would be wildly popular, I'm sure. Of course. People people would rather use handouts than the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. But I got some talk. handouts. I got yeah. some handouts, not going to lie, that I've used. A lot of handouts. Well, and I'll say, too, I am There's sure, no- you know, over my first several years of, I'm sure I used the term living amends. Like, I can't pinpoint any time, but it sounds like something I would have said during that time, you know, like, Oh, my living amends to my mom is calling her every Tuesday and Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So mm, I've probably done a lot of these things. Yeah. We're so quick to parrot, right? What we hear, like you just don't even times. Yeah. There's probably, I mean, I understand the idea behind the living amends. It just seems like it's like a lot of other stuff. It's kind of taken out of context or, it's just Will being you... nice, though. Said a different yeah, that's way. Right. Being nice. That's, that's exactly right. I'm just, you know, I'm just living my life the way that you know that God intended me to to do it, or I'm just doing the the right thing, and I want to like tie it into something that is that never was meant to be. And so, yeah, I don't need praise for living baseline the way other people yeah, right. do. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Oh my goodness! Well, we could talk oh, about men's oh, all day. All day we could talk about different uh, I thought we were going to. experiences. Well, we're uh, we're we're coming up. I about think out of time, right? aren't we? We're about out of time. We're about out of time. I think we're coming up on meeting shrapnel, aren't we, Shank? We're coming <laughs> up on the shrapnel. Yep. Hey, listen, we've we have gotten a lot of suggestions from the audience on meeting shrapnel, so. Just know that every um, everyone you've sent us, it is on a list. 
and we will bring it up on a future episode. So we appreciate the suggestions. Keep sending them to us. We get them on Instagram, Twitter, and we uh, may have email. to have a, a rapid like fire meeting session. shrapnel episode because we have yeah. so many good ones. <laughs> yeah, it's it's up to That'll about fifty fun. that we've not that we've not used. So we'll probably we'll probably need to do that. Have an episode just for shrapnel. You guys definitely should. That would be super fun. Yep. Yep. Hey, and keep in mind, I know that me and Shrink, 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 <laughs> me and sh Shrink, Shrink, we have a reputation for scrapping all the shrapnel. Mm. Listen, don't let that deter you. <laughs> I'm honestly asking what it means to you. <laughs> all right, and we don't we don't care if you use them. We, I mean, that's not what we're doing. We're just we're just having a little fun. We are not a glum lot. Yeah. Mm -mm. We ins so, absolutely insist on enjoying life. That's right. Yeah. It works if you work it. So let's, uh, <laughs> what's our first one, Shane? All right. Meeting shrapnel number one. My worst day sober is better than my best day drinking. Oh my God. Step with an that's F. Sad. What do you think? I think that is a damn sad proclamation right there. If you did not have fun when you were drinking, you did not do it right. I don't like, oh. I've heard that one always. And, it, and I always, there was a time I went along with it, to be perfectly honest with you. I was like, that's right. But I had some really awesome times drinking. And I've had some real, real shitty times in sobriety. So. Yeah, that's just Bebot, What do you think? Well, you already know what I think about it, but <laughs> I'll uh, I'll tell you, I I don't. It's just it's just inaccurate. I mean, I had I understand the the idea of my life today is way better than it was. Mm -hmm. Is way better sober. My life in general is better sober than when I was drinking. There is no doubt about that. I would go along with that all day long, but the idea that my, what is it? Worst day. Worst day sober. Sober. Yeah. It's better, better than, than my best day best drinking. Day drink. It's just not true. I had some really good days drinking. I had some fun. I mean, yeah, I could, you know, example after example. I So I had somebody recently tell me that I this know was what in Shank the, thinks of that one too. Oh, we're going to, we're going to get her. Don't worry. The, get her. I, I, I recently had somebody tell me that this was in the book or that what something book? similar, the, the book Alcoholics <laughs> Anonymous. So they referenced Fred and okay. said, well, Fred, Fred said it in the big book. I'm like, well, I don't think he did. So I've got it here just in case that guy's listening. Here's what Plus Fred here. said. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. That's it's a different. little different. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, we don't know if Fred ever stayed sober. So, I mean, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, but that's that's different than what that saying is. Shane, yeah, because you that's like this saying one. I wouldn't trade sobriety for my best day drinking. Yeah. That, that's probably what he's saying, yeah. And that's that's mm -hmm. probably accurate. Yeah. Reverend Shank, what do you think? 
Well, I mean, I had some pretty bad sober days, uh, especially in my first year of sobriety. Yeah. Um, the thing about it is, is like when I was drinking, like I, I, there were things that were fun that should have been fun, but the way that I drank, like I didn't have a ton of like fun drinking. Now, if you had seen me, like I was at the tailgates, like chugging moonshine, blacking out, doing God's know what, I'm sure that I looked like I was having a great time uh, in the moment, but my, I wanted to black out and I pretty much blacked out every time that I drank. So hearing the next day, what I did or didn't do, um, not great. I still, I still, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't hate this one. Really? Hey, That's me and AA Ron, me and AA Ron got a hold of your phone one time and scrolled through some of your old pictures. It looked like you were having a pretty good time. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we can talk I know about a picture, that later. I know a but, picture can't, it's just a snapshot, but. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that this is necessarily true. I did have some fun drinking and I had some really bad days sober you know, so I'm not about it. Yeah, it's too specific. Think about it your is. worst day sober is better. Yeah, than I, I mean, and your best day drinking. I mean, oh my gosh, they're like, yeah. I can think of some right now that the feeling yeah. I had was pure freedom, pure joy, all of that it didn't last, you know, down the road. Yeah, but I had it was temporary. Specific events that took place that were like i mean what that's why i chased it like i did the yeah. freedom level was 100 percent. yeah so what are we gonna do with this one steph oh my what do you mean you're gonna keep it or scrap it um i don't i think you should keep it because what? some people like it. Some people really like oh, it. You went Scrap soft it. on us. <laughs> Scrap no. it. It's out okay, of here. Scott, I don't care, honestly. I didn't know. I was trying to do what I think makes sense, and I, but I don't really care. It's That's fine. The truth. Okay. I just think it's one of these things that sets it up for a newcomer. Like, okay, yeah. well, if I have a bad day sober, it's still going to be better than my best yeah. day drinking. Like, what? No. All right, scrap so it, scrap it. We've I may had have a been shift wrong. now. We've had a I shift now. Steph wants to. Steph wants to scrap it, and Shank wants to keep it. No, <laughs> I want to scrap it. Get it out of here. All right, all right, it's out of here. Remember, Look, the government the... has spoken. The dot gov spoke, and the people hey, don't. Lost. Don't listen to that, Steph. Stick to your guns. <laughs> Stick to your guns. guns. What's next? Next, we have the high cost of low living. Wow! Where does this stuff come from? That's a that's a an immediate scrap. I agree with that. I mean, what does it mean? Just the price you pay for the high price you pay for. Well, here's, yeah, so here's a question. Here's a question for the Reverend Shank. When you were locked up, did you feel like you had paid the high cost of low living? 
No, I I wasn't <laughs> low living before I went to prison. I had never been in trouble. Like right. I, I wouldn't say that I was. Just, I mean, I wasn't a freaking millionaire, you know. But like, I had a job. I had family. I had a car. I was living my life, you know. Like I just think that this makes it sound like another one of the things is like alcoholics are living under a bridge and they're all homeless yeah. or which some mm -hmm. of us are but yeah good point no it's i was the freest i'd ever felt while i was incarcerated i was like oh my god this is amazing yep. God. no responsibility no, respons like yeah. no real responsibility and i'm paying your bills that's right three hots and a cot <laughs> oh my goodness all right so scrap 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 all right it's out of here what we got next all right take what ready, you want Steph. and leave the rest <laughs> 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 it just kills me. I mean, where does this stuff come from? I mean, this is. I mean, I, you know, there's some amends I don't agree with, so you know that I. Yeah, how did that work for you your first time around? Yeah, right. Does anybody really live by this? I mean, I don't even think that they do. Do they? Well, you. You hear it a lot. Oh, I used to hear it a lot. You I hear guess. it a lot. I guess they do. Take is it? Is it rest? So is it like some kind of tactic to? Actually, my sister-in-law said that to me once. She tries to talk to me about AA sometimes. Oh yeah. For some reason, because my brother's been in and out, I guess. And she one time said, "Well, you take what you want and leave the rest." And I was like, "Actually, that's not correct." But I didn't argue. Yeah. Is it some kind of tactic to like let people know that, hey, you don't have to do everything right now. Just hang on or tie a knot and hang on or um, I don't know. I don't know what it means or take what you want and leave the rest. I kind of always understood it to mean like if you get some fanatical or some of this fanatical stuff you don't necessarily have to do or whatever, you know, that like make amends. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Shank, you got any thoughts on it? I always kind of when this when people say this, it always just kind of makes me think like if I were able to do that, I would not have been an Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, that's probably right. So, like, yeah. I think of it in terms of, like, you know, maybe what it always reminds me of, which I don't think this is related at all, but where it talks about in the book, like, see where religious people are right. I always think about that when I hear people say this, because I guess to me, the connection is like, I don't have to agree with everyone's higher power. I don't have to agree with what everyone believes spiritually, but you know i feel like some people feel like they don't mm -hmm. need to have a higher power maybe you know like 
there's a lot of people that I know that just keep saying the group's their higher power forever. I know a lot of people that say that. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I don't know, is it coming in new and hearing that? I mean, I already thought I had it figured out and that I didn't have to do half the steps because I was going to be in a locked facility. So hearing that would have probably not been very helpful for me. Yeah. For anyone, we already such doubters. We already call bullshit on everything. Excuse my language. Scrap it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking it book says half measures availed us nothing. Okay. So if we just take what we want and do what we want, then we're probably going to drink again. So I would be in favor of scrapping it. Steph with an F, you have the final word on this one. I want to do it like this, like Shank did it. <laughs> Scrap it. <laughs> it's out of here. It's, it's out of here. Does that nice. sound good? It sounded Perfect. good. Love right. it. Yeah, love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, Steph with an F, we appreciate you uh, you being on. Coming and sharing oh my gosh, it was with so us. much fun. What a fun way to carry the message. Yep. We're, fun um, needed. We need a fun way to carry the message. We do need a fun way to carry the message, and this is a this is a good way. I know that uh good a way. Lot of people a lot of people I've talked to lately are uh kind of haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate little, <laughs> little uh but there's a lot of, there's a good movement of folks that are kind of I don't know. They're just a little dissatisfied with some of the, 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 the meetings nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you've mm-hmm. made it through this entire episode and you wonder why, I don't know if we mentioned it and you wonder why this is the first episode that two steps are together. Yes. It is because in the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, it says, let's take a look at steps eight and nine. Yes. They're yep. together in the book. So that is why. We decided to do them together. Yeah. That well, I really want to thank you guys. It was so fun. And I like learned a lot, actually. And now I'm thinking about, a, you know, my looming amends once again. Yep. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Get out there and make them. Make, take that drastic action. I really you appreciate just- you guys ha- inviting me. Yes, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your experience with Steps 8 and 9. Yeah, great job. And uh, remember, because of the steps and the power that we found through the steps, we're free today. Freedom! Woo! Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode.